Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to Creekside Church. It is great to see everyone here today. Happy Father's Day, by the way. Go ahead and turn to someone near you. Say Happy Father's Day if there's a father around you anywhere. We've got a beautiful uh, summer day out there, hot, uh, but perfect summer day, and we're just thankful to be here today. And today is also uh, June 19th, a day to commemorate the ending of the Civil War uh, slavery era. And, you know, we're all just thankful that we have a, a Father in Heaven who has rescued us and redeemed us. And uh, we're going to sing, sing about Him today. We're going to stand together and sing, uh, My Redeemer Lives. So let's go ahead and stand. Great singing, good energy this morning. We are thankful to have a couple of special numbers. First of all, we will have Generation Jesus coming up to uh, share a song with us. And after that will be uh, Creekside Men's Choir, Father's Day Choir, uh, sharing a song with us. Now faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through faith, the people of past ages earned a good reputation. Through faith, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel and the prophets conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions. Sometimes I wonder, is he faithful? Does he see me in my trouble? Does he understand? Sometimes I question if he's able. Can he rescue? Can he save me again and again? But when I look back, did he move every mountain? Did he part every sea? Yes, he did. So yes, he This time, if you're a part of our Sunday school group, you are dismissed. I just have a couple of announcements to share with you all. The first is you'll notice that there are some feedback forms that are in the bulletin this week. And so what this is, this is not an official vote. This is not any kind of binding decision or anything like that. What this is is a way for the elders and the deacons to really try to gauge uh, the heart of the congregation. Um, 
You know, the past couple weeks we've shared our desire to add to our uh, staff here at Creekside to bring in someone who could devote themselves full-time to ministry uh, amongst our youth. And we know that seems like a daunting uh, goal. It seems like a big task for a church our size. And so uh, what we really want to do is just present this need uh, to all of you in a spirit of humility and prayer and say, you know, God, what do you have in store for us, right? What is going to happen next? And so this is a way for uh, each of us to kind of take a, a you know, few days. Don't, don't need to fill it out today. Take some time this week to pray over it and ask God uh, what his heart would be. Um, you know, think of, of the words of Paul in, in uh, 2 Corinthians um, where he said that God loves a cheerful giver, right? So we're not going to call anyone. We're not going to arm twist anyone. Really, our, our desire and our heart is just to present the need uh, in a simple and humble way. And then we get to see where God moves. If we get a great response, then we can move quickly on this. If this is something where uh, maybe we're not quite there yet, we need to just step back and pray and say, God, what's the next step? Then, then that's where we're at. But we really want to gauge uh, where we're at as a church family. And so you'll have an opportunity to, to fill this out. You can bring it back next week. We're going to have a, a Q&A session after the 1030 service next week. So that's a chance to ask questions and maybe find out some more details if there's things that you're wondering about. But we want to just commit this in prayer to the Lord and say, God, you know, what, what do you have in store for us uh, as Creekside Church? And how can we minister uh, to the youth you've given us? And so... Uh, just want to take, take this. If you didn't get in your bulletin, you can grab one uh, on the back table. Okay. Uh, the other thing I want to bring to your attention is that there will be a, a short summer series starting this week on Wednesday nights. And I believe, do we have a video uh, promo that we can queue up for that? After that, Anand is going to come up. Anand is uh, preaching for us today, so we look forward to hearing from him. But uh, watch this promo for the Wednesday night study, and uh, go ahead and you can start that, Chad. One thing we probably have in common is that we all want to make a difference with our lives. A word that you hear a lot these days, especially with the rise of social media, is the word influencer. And I think all of us on some level want to live that kind of life. And the question is, how do we do that? I'm standing on the roof of the church where I'm a pastor. This is kind of a special place for me. More than 20 years ago, when I was an intern at this church, I remember climbing up here early in the morning and just looking over the city and praying that God would use me in some way to make a difference that I had no idea how. And the truth is, we're drowning in content that tries to tell us how. Over the years, I've read books and attended conferences and listened to podcasts, and I've tried to learn the best practices of those we might call influencers, and it's been helpful, but the longer I follow Jesus, the more I realize that Jesus' way of changing the world is different. I mean, he never went to college. He was never voted into office. He never had a position that would have looked good on a resume. He didn't have thousands of friends on Facebook or Instagram. He wasn't TikTok famous. He didn't have a YouTube channel. Pretty sure he never even started a podcast. So how did he do it? And as I read through the Gospels with this in mind, it just seemed clear to me Jesus changed the world one at a time. One conversation at a time, one interruption at a time, one meal at a time, one need at a time, but always one person at a time. And understanding that 
really changed my life. Like it changed my definition of influence. It changed my measurement of success. It changed the legacy I wanna leave. It became the reason I get out of bed in the morning. And so my prayer is that together as we study the life of Jesus, we will learn that each of us today will have an opportunity to live a one at a time life. It is the Jesus way of changing the world. Good morning. Greetings to you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Okay. If you have Bibles, could you please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Marriage is honorable in all or among all. Marriage is honorable among all. One of the Indian banks managing director he came to United States to talk about the business that they are, going, they are doing there. And he started off talking about the culture and the nature about India. And he said, Indian marriages not only between two persons, but also between two families. Indian marriage is not only between two persons, but also between two families. First of all, even before the boy and the girl are going to be engaged, are going to be married, those two families need to be approved. They, those two families need to come together and talk about the daughter and the son of their future. Here, the, one of the marriages, the biblical marriage that we have seen, we are going to see, and I am going to share from Genesis chapter 24, verse 1 onwards. Genesis chapter 24, verse 1 onwards. There are three marriages that we see in the Bible. Firstly, the marriage that God has performed between Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That was the first marriage that was performed by God between Adam and Eve. And secondly, the other marriage that God is using some people to perform the marriage between Isaac and Rebekah. This is the second marriage that we see. And the third marriage, or the wedding, wedding feast, is going to happen in the mid-air with the bride church and the bridegroom Jesus Christ in the mid-air, in the second advent of Jesus Christ. Today, we'll be seeing the marriage that was performed by God and, uh, and uh, other people like uh, the master and servant between Isaac and Rebekah. It is one of the longest chapters the biggest chapters in the book of Genesis. Chapter 24, it has 67 verses. The chapters and the verses were man-made. It's not the Holy Spirit uh, created and made. So I don't focus much towards the amount of the text that was given here, but the, I want to focus on the, the context that was given here. In the entire chapter, the, I have divided into four portions. Four portions. Firstly, Faith demonstrated, verse chapter 24, verse 1 to 9, I called the title, I titled it as Faith Demonstrated, the faith that was demonstrated by Abraham. And secondly, uh, chapter, 10, uh, chapter 24, verse 10 to uh, 14, I said, Faith exercised, exercised faith. The faith was exercised by a servant, an unnamed servant. Faith demonstrated by Abraham, faith exercised by an unnamed servant. And then verse 15 to 20, 
5, I titled as Rebecca's Faith. Faith elevated. Faith elevated. Firstly, faith demonstrated. Secondly, faith uh, exercised. Thirdly, faith elevated, not eliminated. And then, lastly, I have taken the text from chapter, uh, chapter 24, verse 61 to 67, faith evidenced. Faith evidenced by Isaac. Faith demonstrated by Abraham, the master. Faith uh, exercised by unnamed servant. Faith elevated by Rebecca, the bride. And then faith evidenced the bridegroom, Isaac. What is faith? Uh, we have just heard by uh, in our Sunday school team, the faith, that faith is the substance of the things hoped for. It is the substance of the things that are hoping for. It is the true object or the substance that we are hoping for. And also it is the evidence of the things that are not seen. That is faith. How Abraham has demonstrated his faith, we can, we'll see from one, verse 1 to 9. I read a lot of text. As I read this text and explain what are the things that God has taught me uh, and I'm going to share with you. Now, chapter 24, verse 1. Now, Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. The Holy Spirit God, how he has explained the feeble father Abraham. He said, Abraham was old. That's enough, we can understand. But much deeper, he said, well advanced in age. That means he's really old. He's old, he's very old, well advanced in age. And then what was the, uh, what was the condition of the Abraham? He was old. When you are old, you cannot do much. You cannot become rich. You cannot do any business. But God, you see how he has explained. He said, the Lord blessed Abraham in all things. God blessed Abraham in all things. In every single area that he wa God blessed him. That means he's retired. He's so much blessed. John Piper defined the blessing this way. Made, uh, blessing is not the cars you drive or cars you have. The blessing is not the houses you live. Blessing is not the bank balances you have. Bl blessing is not the land positions that you have. But he said, blessing is the one that you have the amount of relationship between you and God. That is called blessing. Abraham was born sinner, became a believer of Jesus Christ, started his journey from the land Ur to Haran, and then now he is in Canaan, in a foreign land. God blessed him in every place that he visited, every place he lived. And God himself gave a title to Abraham, he's friend of God, he's my friend. That was the blessing that he was blessed with. And then, a great, great blessed man, what is he doing now? He's giving a great task or a work to his, his demand, he's delegating a work, a, a critical work to his, to his servant. Verse 2, so Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who, who ruled over all that he had, please put your uh, hand under thigh. He's the oldest servant. The name of the servant was not given, but we understand from the other chapters that the name of the servant is Eliezer. The unnamed servant is Eliezer. Unnamed servant is, is appearing here as the Holy Spirit God. In the entire World Testament that you see, 
the portrayal of Jesus Christ, the proclaim, proclaim, proclaimed Jesus Christ. The Old Testament talks about the proclamation of Jesus Christ. The New Testament talks about the presentation of Jesus Christ. When you read, when you summarize the entire 39 books of the Old Testament, you say the proclamation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was portrayed. Jesus Christ was prophesied. In the New Testament, if you summarize that, Jesus Christ was presented. Jesus Christ was persecuted. Jesus Christ was, was buried. Jesus Christ was resurrected. Jesus Christ went to the cross. Here we see Abraham as the father, the, his, master, his, his servant as the Holy Spirit God, Rebecca as bride, bride, the church, and, uh, the, uh, and uh, Isaac as, uh, as bridegroom. You see, he's the oldest servant. That he means he served his master, Abraham, for a long time, many, many years. We don't know how many years. And then verse 3, And I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanite among whom I dwell. It was the, this was the work was delegated to his servant. A divine desire was delegated to his, to his servant. His divine desire is that his son does not go and marry an idol worshiper. From the, from the same land where he lives in Canaan. So that was the biggest task that was given to him. And he also giving the directions. Like, but we shall, where, where does he need to go? You have to go to my people, my country, my family. Verse 4. But you shall go to my country, to my family, and take a wife for my son, Isaac. And then you see it looks like he is an intelligent, uh, intelligent intellect, analytical thinker. I'm, I'm also into, in analytics, analytical area. Whenever I present a problem to my business leaders, I not only present the problem, I also give the recommendation. All I have to see, seek their direction or their decision. So here you see he is, giving, he is presenting a problem and also he is giving a recommendation to his master. And you see how he is presenting a problem. Verse 5, and the servant said to him, perhaps... The woman will not be willing to follow me to this land if she does not, that young woman will not follow me. Must I, then he is giving a, a recommendation. Must I take your son back to that land from which I came, which you, which you came? So that was the recommendation that he is giving. And you see how he denied his recommendation, giving a new direction in verse 7, verse 6. But Abraham said to him, be, beware that he is clearly giving the direction, a strong desire, divine desire direction that beware that you do not take my son back there. And then now he is acknowledging God. Verse 7. The Lord God of heaven who took me from father's house and from the land of my people and who spoke to me and swore to me saying to your descendants, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there. God already promised that this land is going to give me. So that's why I want the girls, the, the young woman should come from my family, my country, my people to this land, to this foreign land. Because God already swore, promised that he is going to give me this land. And I am not moving there. My son will not move there. That was the uh, decision, the, the, the direction that he is giving to his, his servant. And uh, he is also saying now, if, verse 8, and if the man, woman is not willing to follow you, what do you have to do? 
just come out of that contract. Come out of that, just close that project and come out, get out. You don't need to do anything. Then you will be released from this oath or released from this contract. Only do not take my son back there. Again, he is specifically saying, don't take my son. That was the strong divine desire for his son to marry a, a, a young woman from his family, from his country, from his, from his people, not a, from, from idol worshippers' country. And then uh, verse 9 onwards, first we, can, we see the first one, one nine, chapter, chapter 24, verse nine, 1 to 9, demonstrated faith by Abraham. There are two things. He delegated the biggest task to his servant, and he clearly given the directions, divine desires directed to his master servant. Now you see how he is delivering the work that was taken, or the work that was de delegated to him. Verse 9 to 15, 14. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. He prepared. Verse 10. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels, ten of his master's camels and departed. Where did he go? He did not go in a different direction like, uh, like uh, Jonah went in a different direction. He went, he said, and for all his master's goods were in his hand, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. Nahor is one of the brothers of Abraham. Abraham's father's name is Terah. Terah, Terah had three sons, Abraham, Nahor, and, uh, and Haran. So he went to his, his uh, family, uh, Nahor's, to the city of Nahor, and verse 11, and he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at the evening, at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. A disciplined servant, a disciplined unnamed servant, he, he followed the directions of his master, and also you can see a discipline that he made his camels kneel down. He is not only kneeling down to pray, his camels also, he is making them, he trained them, he taught them to kneel down when he prays. A disciplined servant. Uh, and then we're, uh, the, now he is depending on God. A disciplined servant and followed the directions of his master and now he is depending on God. The task that was given, the work that was delegated to him, he is handing over, transferring to God. 12, 12 onwards, you see. Then he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, my master Abraham, my master, he, whenever he referred in the entire text here from in the chapter 24, you see, he always mentioned my master Abraham. He did not just say Abraham. He used the title like Mr. Doctor or Pastor or something like that. He said, my master Abraham, that tw it, it was recorded here for 20 times. 20 times it was recorded saying that my, he addressed his master, my master Abraham. Please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that young woman to whom I say, Please let down your pitcher that I may drink. He's saying, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And his, her, her response he expects is, she says, drink. 
Not only that, when you work, you get a salary, but uh, you get a bonus, it is like a grace. So he is asking for the bonus. So now he is saying, I will also give your camels a drink. So two things, like, he, she gives a drink to me to, 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 draw, to, to drink water, and also to feed all 10 camels to drink, to, she offers, then that, he, that, that young woman is in your sight. So that's what he was saying. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. Abraham is saying, he did not say my servant Isaac. In the first portion we see my, sir, my, uh, my master Abraham. Now he is saying Isaac is your servant. And that Isaac also became his servant in verse 65. You can see that, 2465. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Still he is speaking to God. Still he is speaking to God. Abraham told that you go, God will go before you. In verse 7, you can see, you can see that clearly God went before, Abraham, before his unnamed servant. Verse 15, and it happened. Before he had finished speaking, before he had finished speaking, that means still he is praying, still he is talking to God. When you pray, God gives, all, all I was thinking that until this text I read, God gives responses in three ways. When you pray, God gives three responses. Either he says yes, if it is in the will of God. He says no, it is not in the will of God. And he says, wait. Like Paul prayed earnestly, sincerely, diligently. Lord, there is thorn in my flesh. Please remove it. He said, wait, my grace is sufficient for you. So God's response for our prayer is either yes or no or his grace. But here, another response is even you, before you speak, end your prayer, God is going to answer. That quickly he responds. So he is responding that, that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, here it was the, it was the Holy Spirit God is clearly mentioning uh, that the divine desire, how it was fulfilled. Abraham's desire was to fulfill, uh, to get a young woman for his son Isaac from his land or from his country, from his people or from his, from his family. Now Holy Spirit is clearly mentioning who that Rebekah was or Rebekah is. Who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother came out with her picture on her shoulder. So he went to the land, Abraham's or his master's land or the country, and he went to the family. Now you see the, how the uh, faith was elevated. Uh, Rebekah's faith that was elevated by the Holy Spirit God here. Verse nine, 1 to 9, faith demonstrated. Verse nine to, uh, 10 to 14, unser, uh, unnamed servant's faith exercised. You can see, we have seen in Abraham's faith two things. Uh, he, de de he delegated the divine desire, and uh, uh, you, you, can, you can see here um, in uh, 10, to, 10 to 14 that, uh, that uh, Abraham, um, unnamed servant was depending on God, unnamed servant, a disciplined man, un uh, servant, and also he fo followed the directions. Now you, can, you see the things that how Rebecca's faith elevated, 15 to 25. First, 
Rebecca's family that was recorded. Now you see in chapter uh, verse 16, Rebecca's character was recorded. And the young woman, not old, not well in advance in age, he's, he's young woman, very beautiful. Outside appearance was mentioned, very beautiful. Not just beautiful, very beautiful. When God created the entire creation with the word of mouth, he said, it is good, it is good. But on the sixth day, God has created the man in his own image. And he has seen the man and he said, very good. Because man was created in the image of God. You see, Rebecca was created in the image of God. That is why the Holy Spirit, God is teaching us that she's very beautiful. Not just beautiful, very beautiful. And then, virgin. Virgin means everyone can understand. But the Holy Spirit God is clearly mentioning again, clearly mentioning again, no man had known her. No man had known her. That means her holiness of the life. Her character was explained here. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. Verse 17. And the servant ran to meet her and, and said, Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. The way that he has prayed, he used the same, same request. Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. What was the response of Rebecca? That is how her faith was elevated here. She, she continued her holiness in her life. She exercised the holiness of God. And uh, you see in her action, the faith in action. So she said, drink my Lord, drink my Lord. Then she quickly let her picture down to her hand and gave him a drink. She quickly went down, quickly went down. The word quickly has mentioned several times here. She ran several times that was mentioned here. That shows how active she was, how loving person she was towards the requester, the unnamed servant. And verse 19, when she had, uh, uh, verse 16, drink my Lord, then she quickly let her pitcher down to her, her uh, hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also. This was his prayer. This was the servant's prayer. Now the prayer was answered very quickly. And she said, I will draw water for your camels also. How long? Not just a tip. Not just a drop. Until they have finished drinking. Unnamed servant, when he prayed, he did not ask. Until my camel is fully drink. Until it is finished, he did not say that. But, uh, but uh, she, she, you see the response of Rebecca. She said, I will give water, I will draw water for your camels until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water and drew her all his camels. I don't know how long it, it took. I did not calculate all these things. How much a camel can drink? In a, uh, and then how much a camel can store, and how, many, how much of water that was needed. I did not pay much attention all, to all those details. For me, I don't, all I need to know is she gave water to the camels and also to the unnamed servant. Verse 21 onwards. And the man, wondering at her, remained silent. Remained silent. 
the word, interesting word, silent, it has six, word, six letters. If you change the order, or if you interchange them, you can also spell another word, listen. Listen and silent are the two compelling, powerful words that every believer should understand and exercise in their own lives, in my life, in your life, in our lives. So here, he was silent and listening and watching what Rebecca was doing. And then he was silently listening to the Lord, to the prayer that he has requested, Lord, is she the young woman that you have already prepared for my master's son Isaac? In verse 22. So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring. It is like a custom that he is fulfilling, fulfilling the custom. He gave two presents, or the gifts, nose ring and two bracelets he gave to them. How many uh, servants went, to, went with him? Uh, verse 9, he said, he departed. But uh, in verse uh, 23 that you see, whose daughter are you? He is asking, he is interviewing the question. Like he is interviewing, who are you or whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? That tells there are 10 camels. That means another nine or 10 people uh, followed him, went with him. So, Lord, uh, he is requesting that, is there a room for us to lodge? And her response was even quick, very, very quick. And verse 24, so she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milka's son, who's, who's, uh, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. The prayer was answered. The prayer was answered. Now the response of unnamed servant to the God. Then the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. Then the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. The word worship that you can, that you can see in the, in the Bible for the first time in Genesis chapter 22. Until then you don't see the word worship. The way that I understand and I learn and uh, the worship means... Many times uh, people say that singing is worship. Worship team will come and sing something like that. But the way that I understand in my own conviction, singing is part of worship. It's not singing is worship. Singing is part of worship. So worship means he bowed down to, the, to his head. That is worship. Worship is bowing down and praising God through prayer. Worship is bowing down and praising God, acknowledging God in singing. He is bowing down and acknowledging God through the word of God. He is bowing down and remembering the cross, Christ and crucifixion, the body and the, and the blood. That is worship. Just singing is not worship. So he bowed down and his head and worshipped him. And then how did he worship? He did not sing, but he said in the prayer. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master, as for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Now he is acknowledging the God, acknowledging God, Lord God, and he is worshipping in prayer. He is worshipping in prayer. Now you can see verse 28 to 34, she has given her testimony with, his fa with, her, uh, with, his, with her family. She, went, she ran, Rebecca ran to her, to her family 
and gave a testimony what all happened with the, uh, what are the conversations that had happened, what are the things that she offered, all those things that she explained, verse 28 to uh, 33. And then verse 34, Abraham, uh, uh, unnamed servant and his companions, camel, camels all went to, to Rebecca's house and met Rebecca's mother and met Rebecca's brother Laban. And then he is introducing himself Actually, verse 33, uh, food was set before, before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told about my errand. And he said, speak, uh, and he said, they said, speak on. They gave the food to him, and they, he did not take the food. And they said, and he said, I will not eat until I have told about my errand, my work, my accomplishment, my mission. Jesus Christ, when he came in John chapter 4, verse 34, he said, doing the will of my father is my food. Doing the will of my father is my food. Here, Holy Spirit, uh, the unnamed servant, is also saying, doing the work of my master is my food. And then he introduced himself saying, so he said, I am Abraham's servant. I am Abraham's servant. Unnamed servant. His name was given. His name, he never told his name. In the entire Bible, you see, God's name was, was you, can, you, can, you can see, when, Abraham, when my, Moses went and asked, who, uh, what is your name? And Mo, uh, God revealed his name for the first time after 2,000 years of the from the creation. He said, I am who I am. I am who I am. God's name that you can see in, in several verses. God, uh, the name El, Eloi, Eloi, and Elohim, 2,868 times that you can see. Jesus Christ's name is also, you can see, the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus and Christ. Jesus is the human name. Christ is his divine name, divine nature, divine name. The Holy Spirit, God's name, is not recorded here anywhere in the Bible. All it was, all was recorded as, the, it record, referenced as the angel of God. Uh, sometimes Jesus, Christ is also, Jesus Christ's name is also referred as angel of God. And he did uh, not mention his name. And all he said is, I am Abraham's servant. So this implies that he is the Holy Spirit God. Lastly, verse 63. And he explained all the things that was happened. Verse 60, uh, verse 60 actually verse uh, 57. He asked Rebecca's mother and brother Laban, can the young woman, Rebecca, go with me. Verse 57 said, she said they, so they said, we will call the young woman and ask her personally. We'll see whether she wants to go. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this, with this man? And she said, let me wait. No. She said, let me think. She said, I will go. I will go. Will you go? I will go. The same experience that I can see in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah is a, is a man of prophet whose first cousin, King Uzziah, died. He was, he was uh, kneeling down and praying, and he has seen the throne room whose, the, where the king is seated on the throne and being exalted, holy, 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 holy God, Lord God Almighty. And he heard a voice, whom shall I send? 
who will go for me or for us? Whom shall I send? Who will go for me or who will go for us? Isaiah's response, here I am, send me. He did not say, here I am, send someone. Here I am, send me. Same way here, Rebecca said, here I am, I will go. Like Jesus Christ, he came down from heaven to earth to die for your sins, for my sins, for our sins. He did not deny. He came down. He died for our sins. And verse 61, then Rebecca and her maids arose and they rode on the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebecca and departed. Now Isaac came from the way of Beer Lahoi Roy, for he dwelled in the south. You see how, what is the evidence of faith, uh, uh, Isaac, and 63. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field. He's following his dad, his father. He went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels uh, were coming. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. She dismounted from her camel. And for she had said to the servant, Who is this man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. It is my master. It is your master. It is our master. He is our master. So she took veil, a veil and covered herself. She took a veil and cover, covered herself. That is obedience. How she exercised her faith. She, ex she, she continued her holiness in her life. And also now you see how she has obeyed to when she has seen uh, uh, his master Isaac. She covered uh, herself. And 66. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Uh, it was not recorded again the same verses here from 66 onwards. So the Holy Spirit got close there. All the things that he had done. He explained everything. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and he took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. That is, the, that is how Isaac married to Rebekah. Isaac is representing or implied as Jesus Christ and Rebecca is implied as the church of God. Abraham is implied as the father of God. And the unnamed servant, unnamed servant is implied as the Holy Spirit God. The triune work of salvation is accomplished or portrayed here that it was going to accomplish 4,000 years or 3,000 years later on the cross of Calvary. And then he worshipped an uh, uh, unnamed servant worship the Lord. So here are, here are the takeaways, like will you go? If God is calling you to go or to preach to the unsaved, will you go? Will you keep quiet? I'm not, uh, uh, it is the, I'm going to share something that uh, it is not purely on my own. I just heard and I was challenged. I want to challenge you as well, uh, challenge the entire congregation. Sometime back, I attended a missions conference in Ames. One of the missionaries uh, was saying that uh, United States is the only country 
that had that sent many 70,000 missionaries to the to the world 70,000 missionaries to the world no other country that has sent those missionaries to the world so many missionaries died martyred they were able to preach and teach and reach the unsaved and he said like this at the end that missionary said now united states united states needs missionaries United States needs missionaries. Will you go to your colleague? Will you go to your neighbor? Will you go to your own family member unsaved? Rebecca, I said, I will go. These are the thoughts that I have. And also, sometime back in 2012, I don't remember, uh, one of the missionaries that he came to our church, and he said, uh, I think uh, he's associated with our church, and he said, I have traveled 26 countries in the world. I have traveled 26 countries in the world. And he said, I realize that United States is so blessed country in the world because the highest quality of life that you can get at the lowest price. The highest quality of life that you can get at the lowest price. United States is so blessed country and you and I am living here. We are thanking God as a family that we, are, we have been here in the country more than about 22 years. We are blessed. What was the purpose that he blessed you with? To go. Will you go? May God bless this part.